This is a talk given by Jim Gordon on the topic of abundance during one of his weekly class sessions in Austin, Texas. The topic of abundance was covered by Jim in two parts over two weeks. This is part one. So I'll just share with you about abundance. A lot of times when we're born, we're born into families that really live in a place of lack. Genetically and environmentally, they have been raised with the consciousness of lack. Some of that belief system has actually come out of religions. Generations ago, the churches taught that if you were going to get into the kingdom of heaven, it would be better to be a poor man than a rich man. That comes out of a statement in the Bible. It's easier for a camel to get through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. It began to be a belief system in the Christian religion of, of Catholicism and then later on in, in some of the Puritan and Protestant religions that it was better off to be poor and get into heaven than it was to be rich. And it was almost looked on as, as being rich was evil or a sin or going against God. That began to be a belief system that ran and still runs in a lot of families today often at a very deep unconscious level. And a lot of what people are dealing with in their lack consciousness is coming from an unconscious place. It isn't something conscious because if you talk to people, they say, yes, I want money. Yes, I want to be financially well off. Yes, I want all these things. Yes, I want it easy. And yet there is something at another level that is stopping that flow from happening. It really is working in very subtle, unconscious, subconscious levels and begin to work on those areas of our consciousness to break free of our lack and move into the abundance. The way to do that is not to keep saying over and over and over in your mind your belief systems. One way to find out what your belief systems are is to write them down as you go through the day. What are you telling yourself over and over about money, about the stress of it, the bills, how are you going to get them paid? Watch and see what you're talking to yourself about money, the hardship of it, the difficulty of making it, how come they and not me. Whatever that is, that voice that keeps running inside of you, you want to listen to that because that is the voice that's running you. And that's the voice that you're not even paying attention to, and yet it has power over you. It's, it's the Lord of you right now. It's in dominion. So what you want to do is become the Lord. You want to become the one who is in dominion over that and take charge of your life rather than it running you. You want to run it, your life. First and foremost, it would be begin to pay attention to what you're saying to yourself every day. And it really means paying very close attention because it is in a very subtle level. Mostly it's unconscious and subconscious. When those little bubbles of awareness does come into the conscious level, you need to grab a hold of it and take note and write it down so you're aware of what you're thinking at that moment. It's interesting because if you ever studied TM, Maharishi taught that what he was attempting to do is to take you from the level of awareness up here and take you into a level of the unconscious 
and take you further and further down into where the thoughts actually began. His theory was that it started down here as just a small little speck and then the unconscious thought just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow until finally it might surface up here. And what he was trying to do is to make you be aware of this thought as it took surface in your consciousness and your awareness and then grab a hold of it and begin to follow it back to its source. And that once you got to the source of that thought, you went into the nothingness, which was, in his concept, pure spirit. That's, in a way, what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get back to the source of this lack belief system. It doesn't mean that you have to sit there in meditation and try to, to go all the way back to the beginning of it, because there's no need to do all that work. But there is, I would say, a need to be aware of what it is that you're really thinking, what it is you're really believing, what it is you're really running your life on. And it'll be surprising to you what you really are saying to yourself. And with that awareness, then you can begin to take dominion. And by taking dominion, what you do is you begin to create a new belief system, a new structure of thought, a new structure of feeling that now begins to be that which you are living and not living this unconscious, subconscious levels that are running you so much, that your parents taught you and that your genetics, which are your karmas, are running you with. Because remember, the karmas come into the genetics at the time that the sperm and ovum come together. and the RNA-DNA factor began to come together and form the body that we are today. Uh, the genetic coding carries the karmic coding. And that karmic coding is in every part of our body, in the cellular memory. So that is running us. And then our parents' voices and actions and unconscious actions, where they didn't say a thing, they didn't really demonstrate anything, but it was just their daily living of it, their daily living of lack, or their daily living of hardship, or whatever that might be. That's also running us. And there's another thing that runs us. And, and this is interesting. I find it interesting. And that is, oftentimes, we do not want to make our parents wrong. We would rather make them right. We will not go against what they've taught us. We will not go against their belief systems. So you might even find that if your father was making a certain amount of money and you in your life go out into the world and you get a job and you start making raises and raises to where you get to that amount of money, you may actually stop yourself from going beyond that point. You may stop yourself by getting yourself fired from that job and having to go back out and build yourself back up to that level. Or you may just stop yourself by not allowing yourself to get promotions. Whatever that happens. But oftentimes we will actually stop ourselves from going into abundance so that we do not make our parents, their belief systems, what they taught us and all that wrong. 
Now, it may not be, say that they did $30,000. It may not be $30,000 actual that stops us. But somewhere along in there, our belief system says, oh, we're better than our parents now, aren't we? And we'll pull back rather than be better than our parents. When really and truly, our parents would love to see us get better than them. For the most part, there's this part in us that is taught as a child, be as your parents are. Honor your mother and your father. And there's this underlying statement that is, don't overdo, don't go beyond them, don't be better than them. Who do you think you are? That often will stop us from going into our own abundance. So if you can begin to work with these thoughts and begin to see what is really running you and begin to look and see if you have this running you as well. And a lot of us do, but we don't acknowledge it or we even deny it when we actually have to look at it. If you'll begin to look at those factors and begin to work with new thought, new feeling about abundance, about money, about wealth, about the blessings, about allowing into your life these things, you can begin to make a change. And one of the easiest ways to bring about a change in all of this is through prayer. I find that prayer is one way that I can bring change into my life very quickly. Because when I pray, I turn it all over to God. I give it to God. I say, Lord, I don't know what to do with me. So you do it. You know, you do me. And I'll just walk along with you as you do me. Because I don't know what to do with me. And it's just like these belief systems. I'm not real sure what to do with them sometimes. So I just give them over to the Lord and I say, Now, what do you want to put there in its place? You do me there and show me what that looks like. And I'll begin to follow that and do that. And one way to do that is in prayer. Now, if we look at what Jesus said, Jesus said, pray as though it has already been given unto you, and it shall be given. So, when we pray, Lord, just give me enough to pay my bills this month, please. Now, is that one, praying as though it has already been given to you? And is that all you want to be given to you? Just enough to get by on this month? But that's often what we pray. You know, or Lord, if you could just bring me enough to where I don't have to work so hard, where I have some money for retirement. Okay, Lord God, just enough, you know, just enough. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking for great wealth. And God's going, well, why not? <laughs> you know, why aren't you asking for great wealth? I have it to give you. <laughs> I, I don't have enough. I have much more than enough. But I just want enough, Lord. But, but I want to give you much more. But I just want enough, Lord. <laughs> That's what we're doing. That's the game we're playing on God. So if we can go in there and just pray as though it has already been given and say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do abundance. I really don't know how much is all that you have to give me. So I'm going to say you do it in me and through me for me. And I'll just be a participant. And then do one step better. Don't just say, I will be, but say, Lord God, I give thanks for you living in me and through me and doing my life with me and through me. And I give thanks to you for bringing all this abundance into my life and making my life so easy on so many different levels, including financial. I just give thanks to you. 
I really appreciate all the blessings, all this that you've given me. Now, that's praying as though it has already been given, and it will be given. You see, you're setting up the attitude of gratitude, which creates this flow. And it's real interesting. The universe responds in this way. If you create a thought, and that thought is real to you, and it is present in you, and it's right now in you, and the universe goes, you know what? He thinks he's rich. My God, let's get some money over here. <laughs> We've got to fill this space up that says he's rich. And the universe just starts pulling in whatever it is that you believe is here. Because the universe is programmed to fill a void, to fill a vacuum. So if you create a space that is real to you, that is right now to you, that space begins to be a body, a body of substance, but it isn't yet filled by the universe substance. So the universe has got to match that that you have created, and it's going to flood in and fill it. Does that make sense? And it's just that easy, but we make it just that hard. Because, one, we don't take the time to do that on a daily basis. We don't do that on a momentary basis. It's got to be you live it. You live as though you are in the money. You live as though you already have it. That's how you do it. Now, how do you do that? There's a lot of different ways you can do it. One, be prayerful in every moment that I am grateful for the money that is present in my life. I am grateful for this abundance. I am grateful for this bounty. And then go out and live life as though it is. And there's some little techniques that you can do to begin allowing that to happen in your life. One, go out and test drive Mercedes-Benz, Volvos, BMWs, everything that you consider to be a luxury car. I mean, if a Ford is a luxury car to you, go test drive a Ford. But test drive these cars and go in and talk to them, find out what it costs, find out what the monthly payments would be. You know, really come down to real factual movement on this. You create the knowing that what that feels like, to drive the car, to talk about big money, to talk about big payments. You begin to create this belief system inside yourself that I'm doing this, that I can do this, that I have the money to make these payments. You really begin to create a new thought pattern for yourself. And you begin to respond in a new way in the world because of that. Go to home shows. Go and, and you know, go walk into open houses. Go look at some of the most expensive houses you can look at when they're open. Uh, even make appointments with realtors and just spend an afternoon. Go and look at three or four homes and get in the energy of walking in these homes, looking at the figures that they cost, of looking and see what monthly payments would be. You know, they don't know whether you are serious or not, but the majority of the people that they deal with aren't really serious. Most people that go and look at BMWs and Mercedes-Benzes aren't that serious. So you don't have to be afraid to walk in there. They're ready to serve you because they know that if you get behind that car, there's a part of you that's going to want it and you're going to come back and get it someday possibly. And so go and do this and you will see a big difference, a big shift in your consciousness. The key to all this is to really begin going in there and doing these things and get the enthusiasm going. 
So it's that enthusiasm that pulls the energy of the universe in to respond. Enthusiasm is one of the laws of spirit. If you can live in enthusiasm, we can then bring to us everything that we are enthused about. But if we are living in lack, if we are living in that consciousness that our parents demonstrated to us often, which is lack, less than, struggle, hardship, difficulty, never can, we can't afford to, how can we, then we're going to find that that enthusiasm just isn't present. So let's get that enthusiasm, and one way to do it is to go out and test drive, walk through homes, get the feeling of it, get the feeling of expansion rather than contraction. Get the movement of that expansion going, because as you expand with that prayer, and as you expand with your consciousness, the universe begins to fill those areas as you expand into it. Well, I'll just give you a little sharing with about a demonstration of how that worked for me. At the time we were living here in Austin, Texas, uh, we were living in a house, we had just bought a house on the south side of town. Steve and I had gone over to Hawaii, and we were, it was the first time we were there, no, we hadn't even bought a house yet, we hadn't even moved, we were renting a house at the time. And we went over to Hawaii, and I drove around Hawaii, and into Honolulu, and into Kahala, and I'd go out early in the morning before traffic was out and everything, I'd love to get out early in the morning. So I'd go out and get the car, go out at 5 o'clock, and I'd go walking through these neighborhoods. I was never thinking about buying or anything, but I just wanted to be in the energy where this money was, to just take in the energy of it and the consciousness of it and the beauty that is there in that, that expansiveness. And so as I was walking along, all of a sudden, I found this house that had this little garden. There was a street that went like so, and there's a park called Triangle Park. And there was a street here, and a street down here, and then another street that goes off this way. And there was this house that was built here, and they had this fenced-in yard. And for whatever reason, they had created this garden and pulled their fence in off the corner like that. And as I was walking along, all of a sudden I walked into this little garden area, like at 5.30 in the morning, and I stopped here, and I planted a column of light. And I just said, you know, Lord God, I want to live like this. I want to move into this consciousness. So just now, I say thank you, Lord, for bringing me into a residence, into a house, into a home, into the financial well-being to be able to live in this manner. And to also be able to live here in Hawaii, to be able to really be able to afford to live here in Hawaii, and to be able to afford to live in this neighborhood. I really give thanks to you for that. And I am just so grateful for what you have brought forward in my life. And I just released it in that moment. And that's another key, is then release it. Don't sit around waiting for God now to do. Release it. Give it to God. Really give it over to God. I walked away from there in 1986, not giving it any other thought. I never gave it another thought about that prayer. Went home. We went back and forth to Hawaii several times on vacation. And then in 1990, uh, a gentleman that I was working with, John Fetzer, had some health conditions and needed to get away from Michigan, and he wanted to go to Hawaii. So he said, go over to Hawaii and see what you can find for me to live in and purchase a home for me there. And so we went over to Hawaii, started looking around, and called him up, and I said, well, this is what I'm finding. He says, well, it's got to be two homes because you're going to be living next door to me. And I went, What? <laughs> <laughs> And I had, that was not my plan. 
Anyway, things evolved in such a way, the realtor said, no, you're never going to find two homes next to each other in this neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, two homes and a street right down here, one and a half blocks away from where I had actually planted the glide columns, manifested right on the beach at the ocean, one behind the other. I didn't even think about it. We moved in. And I started going for my walks every day. I'd walk five miles. <laughs> I'd walk five miles back and forth into Waikiki every day. And one day I'm walking along, and all of a sudden I'm stopping, and I look at that garden, and I go, oh, my God. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. You know, here I was, a block and a half from where I had planted that column of light. So I tell you, if you will just turn it over to the Lord like that, if you will just say, Lord, you know, I give thanks to you. I turn it over to you. Live in me and through me. You know, live the abundance through me. God will do that. Like our neighbors were Carol Burnett, Jim Neighbors, Doris Duke. Uh, she had one of the most expensive properties in the country right there. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, a slumlord area. It was a very, very expensive area. And all of a sudden, here it was. You know, and it wasn't that I had made the money. I hadn't gone and earned the money. It was just given. It was just given as a gift. And that's what you have to learn how to move into, is you don't have to earn it all. You don't have to make it all. You just have to allow it all. End your life however it's going to come. And I don't know how it'll work for you. I don't know. It'll depend upon the Lord and you and how the Lord and you wants to work it and how much you're willing to allow the Lord in you to do it. You know, can you give it up? Can you give your belief systems up? Can you give the struggle up? Can you give that I have to do it all myself up? That's a big one. <laughs> because that's something we all have running. No, I'll do it. No, I'll do it myself. Thank you. No, I've got to make this money. You can do this with anything anything at all that you want in your life, create the space for it in your life. Create the space for it in the universe. And create the space through gratitude. Thank you, Lord, for manifesting this. Thank you, Lord, for allowing this. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings. Jim comments on opening up to receiving. And that's a key word, though, is receiving. You know, how well do we really receive? We're often more in the way of givers. But when it comes to receiving, we play this little game of, oh, I'm not worthy. Don't, uh, no, 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 I shouldn't have that. No, not yet. That's not, I'm not ready for that in my life. you know. And so we keep pushing all that away. If we can just open them and go, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And just receive it as well. But also be in the flow of giving. You know, It is that process of give and receive. It's the process. And so give thanks to God. Give all to the Lord. Everything in my mind is God's. Everything I say, everything I do, everything I get, everything I have, I just give it back to God. I say, this is yours. This is yours. And it is. In my mind, it's God's. Jim answers a question about techniques that can help focus abundance. Well, affirmations are a very good technique create some positive affirmations that really support you moving into abundance, into bounty, into allowing it, 
I mean, you've even got to work it so that you will allow yourself to have this in your life. You've got to know that you are worthy. So worthiness issues are often something we have to work with. Uh, giving ourselves permission to let things into our lives where often we think we have to do it all ourselves. Learn how to delegate. Jim answers a question about being selfish. What is it? The word selfish is what stops you? See, the thing I learned when I was a child on the inner levels, not necessarily from my parents, but on the inner levels, was that there were three people I had to, to honor first, me, myself, and I. And then I could take care and do for others. But I had to take care of me, myself, and I first. And if I didn't do that, I was only lying to myself, I was giving falsely, I wasn't giving truly, because I wasn't honoring and giving to myself first. But I learned that it's okay to be selfish as long as in your selfish action it's called taking care of yourself and you're not hurting others in the process. It's when you begin to hurt or take away from others, then it's a selfish action that is out of balance and is harmful, you see. But it's fine to be selfish. It's fine to have for yourself. Jim answers a question about parental influence. That's a very strong unconscious or conscious belief system that runs us all the time. I mean, they can be six feet in the ground or be in an urn and ash, but they're still unconsciously running us at that level. Because, you know, the Catholic Church teaches, if I can get them before the age of seven, I've got them for life. Well, our parents got us before the age of seven. And they taught us everything we know. Literally, by the time you're six years old, your emotional life is pretty well developed. Who you are emotionally is who you are, unless you decide to take and change that. Jim answers a question about changing a parental pattern. Well, if you begin to create affirmations, if you begin to, to live a different life, he will learn that from you. And when you see him living your old patterns, you just say, you know, we're not doing that anymore. This is how we're doing it now. Try this out. Try this on and see if this doesn't fit. Jim answers a question about communicating to one's child about abundance. I would say that that's something you would have to figure out how you best can get that across to him, that we have abundance, but we're not spending our abundance right now. If you're rich in spirit, you're always going to be rich in spirit. Why not just say, we are abundant? We are bountiful. We are whatever. And if he says, if we're rich, then why don't we have? Why can't we have? How would you answer that? If you said, yes, we're rich, and then he says, well, why can't I go out and get this bike? It's just a matter of drawing the boundaries and helping him to see, well, we may have a lot of money, but I also want you to learn how to respect that money. And therefore, you know, this is how we're going to do our life right now, so that you learn how to respect money as we're respecting it. I think you would just have to play it. You know, how, how you play with all children. You just have to work at the best you know how in the moment and then see how they adjust to that that you give them and how you feel with what you've give, given them. And then you might have to adjust that process in sharing that. Jim answers a question about tithing. Well, everybody has a lot of issues around tithing. Some people really line up to it very easily and some people have a very difficult time with tithing. I think it's up to the individual as to what they want to do with it. I don't create that you have to tithe in order to have this abundance flow. 
because I really don't tithe in that way. I don't tithe to organizations, but I do tithe to the Lord inside of me. So what I do is I tithe to the God in me, and what I do is I take 10% of everything I take in, I take and I put into an account, and that belongs to the God in me. And that money then goes to be used for spiritual, like buying tapes and books, and I use that towards my retirement to take care of me, to nurture me, to create a better space for myself. So that's my tithing to myself in the, in the Lord in me. And then out of that, I can tithe to other organizations as well. You'll be surprised how quickly that'll build up. It'll build up very, very quickly. But let me give you some techniques that you can do with abundance. Well, we've done a couple, one about cars, one about houses, also, you can do this with clothes and jewelry. Go look around. Go into jewelry stores. Try expensive rings on. Sit down. You know, dress up. You know, dress up, feel wealthy, act wealthy. Go in and say, I want to try some one, two carat diamonds on. And just try them on. You know, I'd like to look at some of your better jewelry, your better necklaces. And go and try them on. Look at them in the mirror. See what they look like. You know, and really get the sense of what that all feels like. Get the prices. Have them write down the, the numbers and the sizes and the qualities of the stones. But do, do these things because it does expand your consciousness. And one thing I learned from my spiritual teacher, Cash Bateman, when I was 18 years old, he, we were sitting and we were talking about money and abundance and bounty and what God had to give us. And he said, he said, how much money do you have in your checking account right now? I said, I don't have that much. I probably have about $300. He said, well, let's leave some money there. So go out, and tomorrow I want you to bring back $200 in $1 bills. And I went, what? And he said, just do it. Go and come back tomorrow and bring $200 in $1 bills. So I go to the bank, I draw it out, and I was thinking, like, you know, what do you want all these ones for, you know? <laughs> so they give me these ones bundled up. And so I bring it back to him and, and I give it to him and he says, okay, now don't give it to me, take it. Now put it in your hands and ask God's blessing on this money. And he said, now from now on, whenever you get any money in your life, you bless it. If you get a check, you hold it in your hands and you bless that money. And you give thanks for that money and you bless the money that wherever it goes, however you spend it, Whoever is handling that money, be blessed and filled with the light of the Lord, and that the abundance that is in you is in them, that is expanded into the universe that way. And so I did that, and I always do that. Whenever I get my paycheck, whenever I get money, I do that. I bless it before I deposit it. And when I take money out of the checking account to go buy things with, I bless it before I spend it. I say I give thanks for the abundance in me and that may the abundance expand through this action of, of spending this money and whoever touches it, may that expansion of abundance go to them, that awareness of abundance. And so then he said, now take and count out four $50 stacks. So I counted them all out. He said, now put $50 in this pocket, put $50 in this pocket, put $50 in the back pocket and the other back pocket. And from now on, you have all this money in your pockets. And you're going to find that this money is going to get in your way. Because when you get your wallet out, you've got to fiddle around and make sure that that money doesn't fall out. You've got to pull the money out and pull your wallet out and put that money back and then put the 
wallet back without messing up the money there. When you go in and reach for a quarter, you have to move around all this money. And when you go to get your keys, you got to fool around with the money to get to your keys. And all of a sudden, money's going to be everywhere, and you're going to be dealing with money everywhere. And sure enough, it really did get in the way. <laughs> he was right. When I went up to get some quarter, and there was all these ones floating around in there, it was hard to find that quarter. And so he said, now, when you go shopping, when you go to a mall, and you're walking around, you go, and you look into jewelry stores, and you try these rings on and stuff, reach in your pockets and just feel that money and go, you know, I could afford it. I've got the money. And in your mind, you can tell yourself those are $100 bills you're feeling right now. And I could really just pull it out and pay for this stuff right now, and I could afford it. But I'm going to go on and I'm going to keep looking because there's even more that I want than just this ring. There's more than that. If this ring is meant to be for me, it'll come into my life. And I just keep on going. It expands your consciousness. It allows you to think in bigger terms and allows you to begin to let the abundance of the Lord move in you and through you in a tremendous way. In a tremendous way. So that's a very simple, easy technique. Jim comments on Cash Bateman. He learned about abundance from his father. He was born right at the beginning of the Depression. His actual name was going to be Curtis Bateman, but when he was born, he was very ill. He was in the hospital for six weeks. And at that time, there was no credit cards. There was no, I mean, you paid everything in cash. And they weren't going to let the baby out of the hospital till they got their cash. So he, had, he didn't have very much money. He was just surviving week to week. So he had to go around and beg from everybody in his family and friends and get enough cash together and go pay for this baby to get out of the hospital. He had to do it as quick as he could because it was just every day it was piling up. <laughs> and so to remind Curtis Bateman of how much cash it cost him, he renamed the child Cash Bateman. <laughs> Cash turned that to his advantage, and he had a lot of cash. <laughs> so he took his father's negative and turned it around to his positive. And that's what we have to do is let that which our parents teach us, which is their lack, be a good teacher to us and not be that. Become better than that. You know, become better than the teacher. So become better than the teachers that your parents were. And become wealthy and become abundant and let God's blessings in. Another technique that I used to use was, he, he said, get your checkbook and tell me how much you have in it now. And it was like 150 some dollars. He said, okay, what is a figure in your mind that you're comfortable with? A thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million? And what, what's realistic to you? And I said, oh, I can go, I can go three thousand dollars. He said, okay. So, I want you to get a green ink pen, because everything else I had in black or blue. He said, get a green ink pen and write in there $3,000 deposit. And then add that on to your figure. And what you do is you put 3000 so you put the three in green, and then the other part in black or blue, whatever, $152.33 or whatever it was. And that way you have a new figure you're always looking at. And the green is telling you to go for it. It's opening your consciousness up to the abundance of money. It's green. And go is green. So you're telling yourself, let's go for it. Let's go for this $3,000. But you always have the knowledge 
so you don't go out and write a three thousand one hundred dollar check you always have this knowledge that if it's green it's not yet there but if it's blue you can go ahead and spend it but you're always looking and adding three thousand or you're subtracting from three thousand and some dollars well it was amazing I got up to that figure three thousand dollars in no time and I don't know how I did it I really don't know how I did it but the universe came in and filled my checkbook with three thousand dollars and it filled the bank account up with three thousand dollars and all of a sudden I remember one day I was writing and I was doing the three in green and I went oh my god I could really do that in blue now <laughs> and that felt so strange because I had to change that to get green back in the, in the checkbook and I had to come up with a new figure that felt so strange but it was so expansive to all of a sudden expand into this next figure. And so I said, shoot, I'm going to go for $13,000. <laughs> and so I just did, I said, I'm not going to go for the three. I went for 13. And I just expanded that by adding a one in green in front of it and made a deposit of $10,000 in green. But work it however you want to work it. But come be creative. This is talk about be creative with how you want to do your finances, with how you want to do your money. Be playful, be creative. And be playful and creative in the world. Go drive cars, go look at houses, go look at furniture, go look at clothes. I knew a lady who for weeks and weeks and weeks would go to jewelry stores and go to fur stores and just would go into these lavish stores to look at clothes and to look at jewelry and to, to feel what it felt like to be rich. It was like seven months later she met this man, they fell in love. I mean, he was a very simple man, wore blue jeans all the time, and he was worth $300 million. <laughs> she didn't know it, and he wasn't gonna let anybody know it. They got married. He was living in a little tiny one-room uh, efficiency in San Antonio. But he had a ranch outside of San Antonio that wouldn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> But when they went on dates and when she went over to his house, that was where he lived. And she married him for him and not for his money. When they got married, he said, well, let's go for our honeymoon. And he took her to the ranch for the honeymoon. She woke up as a, as a millionaire. So whatever that is that you expand into, she did it by going and doing fur coats and jewelry and and just expanding herself into the belief that she could have these things in her life. And all of a sudden, here was a man who could have it for her. She didn't have to work. She didn't have to get a degree. She didn't have to do for herself. It was given to her. And I didn't earn this house. This house was that I was living in was a $2.5 million home next to a house that was $6.9 million. And at the time, we were living in a house and trying to make monthly payments on a $100,000 home. This was a big expansion from $100,000 to this. I went from $200 in my pocket to helping to establish a $200 million foundation in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Because I just allowed the Lord to work his abundance in me and through me and do it through oh. me. I'll just participate. That's what I'm talking about. It's moving into that kind of conscious, but you've got to believe it. You can't just say, well, I'll do it. I'll think it. You've got to really, really live it. You have to live the prayer. 
Thank you, Lord, for this money. Thank you, Lord, for this abundance. Thank you, Lord, for the car. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And really know it, just like I did here. I said, thank you, thank you. And four years later, I'm living right here, a block and a half away. It's the attitude of gratitude. It's that attitude of gratitude that begins the movement. And once you have begun that movement, it'll be easier for you even to move into what you know you don't have, but be grateful and set up the scenario that you have it already. You know, whatever moves that in you, every day, be grateful for every meal that you have. Be grateful for the gasoline that you have in your car. Be grateful for all that. It's that attitude of gratitude. Just be grateful for the old car that is still running and getting you where you want to go. It's that attitude that then begins to help you to expand into Thank you, Lord, for this million dollars. Thank you, Lord, for and, and putting it out that way. As you pray, so shall it be given. Jim answers a question about financial abundance by discussing greater abundance. No, there's a much bigger abundance called abundance of health, abundance of friendships and loving and the ease of life, whatever that is. Abundance is a multitudinal thing. Finance is just a very small part of abundance. If, if that's how you're seeing abundance, then you're limiting the flow of God once again. Say, thank you, Lord, for the abundance, not for the financial abundance or for the money. It's the abundance. And I just let you live that abundance through me, however you want to do that. That's why when I bless the money, I don't say, I bless this money and whoever gets it may they have more money. I say, may the abundance move through me and through this action of sharing this money that they might also receive the blessings of abundance. Jim answers the question about how do you ask for abundance? I don't ask, I give thanks. You see, I say, Lord God, thank you for the abundance that you've brought into my life. Thank you for creating success in my business. Thank you for, you know, and that just is allowing God then to move in there and do it how he wants to do it. It's asking you to receive, but then Jesus said, ask as though it has already been given. So he gave us another little tool there. He said, well, here's how you ask. Yeah, ask and you shall receive, but this is how you ask so that you receive. You have to put all his little pieces together. <laughs> he didn't lay it all out, just flew. He said, now you put it all together and make sense of it. So you have to read and make it all kind of come together. There's a neat little book that helps you to do that. And it pulls Jesus' teachings together very quickly. And it's the Thomas Jefferson Bible. It's a little tiny book. And all it is is Thomas Jefferson went through and took all the statements that Jesus made and wrote them down and put it into this book. And it's the Thomas Jefferson Bible. All it is is what Jesus said. It isn't what, you know, he walked down three miles and then he said. <laughs> and he stood up upon the mountain and then he said. The fish were multiplied and then he said. It's what he said what he said, what he said. So you may not know exactly where in the Bible these statements come from, but when you read it that way, all of a sudden you'll go, oh, right back here he said, ask. Oh, and now he said, now this is how you ask. And it, it pulls the pieces together more quickly. Let's go around the group for a second. And this time, state an abundant statement. Just make a statement of abundance, however it might be. It could be a little prayer. It could be say, I thank you for the abundance. I allow the abundance in. 
I open and expand myself to greater abundance, to the blessings of the Lord, to health, wealth, and prosperity, whatever that might be. Just make a statement in the positive as an affirmation that it is right now, that you have it right now. So that you hear yourself actually do it. Because I don't want you to leave here tonight and not have done it. I think it, once you've done it and feel yourself do it, and give yourself permission to do it, it'll be easier when you leave here to do it again and again and again. Because a lot of times people will leave something like this and go, yeah, right, I'll do that. But they'll never do it. Because the other part, all this down here, is still running them. And it's going to run them until they finally do start making the statements. The more you say it out, out loud, the more you'll begin to hear it and believe it. I used to do this. I used to stand up and I used to go, I am great. I am wealthy. I am loving. I am spiritual. <laughs> And it works <laughs> because because it because it takes all of this away. It it just it shakes you out of this center that you've been living in. You're centered in all this, and you've got to do whatever you can to take you out of that center. Let's let's create a script here. <laughs> so we'll do. I am great. I am wealthy. I am joyful. I am abundant. And let me show you something about the word abundance. It's real cute. Spirit taught me this to look at look at abundance this way. Instead of abundance like so. No. It's it's to look at at this as bounty. And so it's a bounty dance. And so you dance in bounty. It's a joyful process of being in bounty. So we have great, wealthy, joyful, abundant, healthy, loving, and spiritual. We'll do those right now. So what you do is you use your, your hand and you really put force into it. It's like you're, you're, you're pounding it into the ground. Pick a spot in the ground and just put it into the ground like that. And focus all your energy into it. Because that brings the energy, just like enthusiasm, it brings the energy of belief and knowing into that action. And it brings it into expression into the world. And then the universe goes, oh, let's get it over there. Let's get it over there. Let's fill it up. So it's great, wealthy, joyful, abundant, healthy, loving, spiritual. And if you can't read it, just make one up. <laughs> okay, let's just do one each, each one three times. Hi, this is Jim. At home, those of you that are listening on tape right now might want to create a script for yourself just as you've heard us do in the class using some of the words that we have chosen to use in our script or possibly creating some words for yourself that work more for you. But create a script and then turn the tape off and do the process at home. And the process is standing up, visualizing the spot on the floor, putting your right hand in a fist, and begin to put energy in your body motion, pushing the energy down towards the spot on the floor. And as you do so, you say, I am great, or whatever word you might wish to put in there at this time. You do that three times with each word until you've completed your script, 
and see how you feel and see how the energy feels around you when you've completed this. You might find doing this once or twice or even three or four times a day might help to begin shifting this energy so that you do free yourself up to live more in that which you want to be. So at this time, turn the tape off, create the script, do the process, and when you're completed, just turn the tape back on and continue listening. As we continue listening now to the remainder of the tape, you'll be joining us in class as we complete our exercise, and then I'll continue on with the talk. <laughs> now we do it with the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. <laughs> and God's going, you don't have to yell. <laughs> I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> well, it is interesting though to do it three times because you're doing it for the me, myself, and I. The basic, the selfish, uh, selfish. <laughs> Maybe that's true. That's the basic, the selfish. <laughs> the basic, the conscious self, and I self. <laughs> so I hope you have a different sense of abundance and bounty and financial as well, the financial abundance, but all the other things of abundance and maybe more about how to begin to really allow that into your life and to let go of those old belief systems. I'll share this with you as a little tidbit of information. Earlier I said that in the Bible it said that it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Well, why do you think that they would say that? Why do you think they would say it was easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle? What it was, it was a gate. In Jerusalem, and really in, in the ancient days, what they did was during the day, they would have the wall and they would have a large gate and that would be open during the day. But at night, they would close it and then they would have a small door in the gate that they would open if somebody came up and knocked and allowed them in. But this way, big entourages and armies couldn't come in. It was so small that a man had to actually duck down and a camel to enter into it and they would actually caravans would bring their herds in at night for protection and to bring in their merchandise. The camels would have to get down on their knees and crawl to get through the eye of the needle. This is what's called the eye of the needle, is the gate. See, the camel couldn't bring in the wealth, he could only bring his own body and they would have to unburden the camel, take it all off, leave it out there and get the camels in for protection. Jim answers a question about gifts. Nothing is given in this world freely. Nothing. There's always responsibility that goes with any gift. So any gift that is given to you by anyone, you're responsible to take care of it, to nurture it, to honor it. And if God gives you a gift, you also have a responsibility to that. But it isn't a burden unless you make it a burden. It's really an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be joyful, to experience, to let that grow in your life. It's just an opportunity, but most people look at responsibility as a, a burden, a difficulty, a challenge, a have to. And so again, that's something else that we want to take off our belief system that's running us. 
that whole thing of responsibility. Be responsive. Be responsive to things. Or look at it and say, I am able to respond. I am able to be responsive, rather than having to be responsible. This is the second talk of a two-part lecture by Jim Gordon on abundance. Last week, I decided to take my own advice. Thursday, I was going to dinner with some friends, and on the way there, I stopped off and I went in and I did my abundance technique with myself. I went and I looked at a Mercedes-Benz 500 and priced it. And we talked about financing and haven't test driven it yet. We'll probably go back and test drive it. But so far it's going to run $98,739. <laughs> so I'm stretching my envelope of abundance just to look at that figure every day and say, that's what we're going for, right? <laughs> So it was interesting. It was a very dynamic experience for me. So we walked in. We were driving there, and I just pulled in and decided to experience it for myself again. And I always try to do this at least once a month, either go look at a new house or go and look at car or go look at jewelry or something just to expand my consciousness, just to, to move into that. It's fun to play the game and to bring into yourself a, that belief that you can afford anything you want. All you have to do is just go look at it and make up your mind whether you want it or not. And the universe will bring it to you, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how this all develops, but I'm, I'm going to start looking again at all these different things and expand my consciousness. So we'll go back and then we'll talk to the finance man and see how that all works and, and we'll see what happens. You know, I never know what the universe will bring. But it was fun. But it was, it was interesting because he kept going, are you really behind this? <laughs> you know, and, and that, I guess, is kind of maybe a lead into where I want to go is, is really walk into a place as though you can afford it. Don't go in there with the idea that, well, I can't afford this and act sheepish. And you really go in and I can afford this. And I'm just looking right now. I just want to make up my mind what colors, what you have, what are the new models look like, uh, what the prices are, how your financing runs. I want to look at all that. That's the thing to look at and see how you want to do in your life, is how to come and make this all real and not unreal. I mean, $100,000 for a car is a huge amount of money in my mind. But if I live it, if I go in and I just really act it out as though I can afford this, no problem, I can afford it and there's no problem. It's, it's living it to the fullest. So you don't go in there and say, well, I'm thinking, well, maybe someday and whatever. You really go in there with the attitude of gratitude and the attitude of knowing that you can afford this. So I wanted to kind of expand a little bit more on abundance, just to kind of go into that a little bit further. And one thing that I think is, is very important is to really take that, that attitude of putting the blessings forward. You remember how I said, take your money, any paychecks, any money that you get, and bless it before you spend it, bless it before you deposit it. Any money that I get out of the ATM machine or the bank or anything, before I spend it, I ask God's blessing on it. And I ask that those blessings go with and touch anyone that this money touches. And that the grace of abundance, the blessings of abundance, go and be with all those people. You can do that with anything in your work. Anything. When I go to the grocery store, when I finish with the cart, I just ask that God's blessing and God's abundance and God's healing be with that cart. And whoever gets it next gets a little whatever. I don't know. 
And I do that wherever I go, whenever I sit somewhere, like at a theater, a restaurant, you know, anything like that. When I, before I sit down, I say, you know, let the light go before me, let the grace go before me, so that whoever was there before, that that energy is cleared. And then when I sit there and when I leave, I say, and now let the light of God be placed here for whoever comes next. And often I'll think about abundance or I'll think about healing or just whatever's in the moment. But it's a way to get the energy moving through you. You remember, it's, it's becoming a channel of light. It's becoming a conduit where the light moves in and through you. And as you give, so shall you receive. So it really is getting into that mode of giving and receiving and allowing that energy to really move. It's that lack consciousness of holding on, of not letting go, of, oh my God, if I, if I spin this or I give this up, I may never have anything like this again. That creates a dam of energy. It just creates a wall where things do not move. And if things are not moving and they back up, one, they become stagnant. And two, there's no room for newness and moreness to come into your life. With movement, there is an opportunity for newness to come into your life and more to come into your life than there is if there's stagnation. So when you feel yourself stagnating, stop and look and see what it is you're doing to yourself. What are your thoughts or what are your feelings that you're putting up that create that wall, that stop the flow of energy, and just dismiss it. Just say, I'm not doing that anymore. I forgive myself for doing that. Whatever that is that dismisses it. And then move the energy, whatever that is. Get up and go do something, or get up and just move the energy somehow. And really move the body to move the energy. It, it'll do it much quicker than if you th just think about it. Oftentimes what I'll do when I find myself stagnated, especially about abundance, is I'll get up and I'll go pay my, my bills. And I'll just, every time I write a check, I bless it. You know, I ask God's blessing, the light to be with it, and I ask that the money be replenished and added to, and that it also be done that way for others. Just however you want to do that. You know, you have to move the energy the way you know how to move it. But I find that if I just sit there and think about moving the energy, I often don't really, really move it. So I'll even, I'll just get up and go out, go get the mail, or I'll just move my body in some way to move the energy in some way. And as I do that, I just keep saying that with every step, I move into greater abundance. With every breath, I move into more financial stability. And then when I say abundance, I'm not just talking again about money. I'm talking about abundance on all levels. So it's abundance in everything that is of God, not just abundance financially. And oftentimes when we hear the word abundance, we think money. But abundance is love and grace and compassion and mercy and forgiveness and understanding and light and sound and all the aspects that are God. That's abundance, all that that is God. And so when I think of abundance, I don't just think of money. That is such a small, small part of abundance. I think of abundance as everything that is God is mine. And all I have to do is accept that into my life. And so I look at it as the bounty of God, being bountiful. If you've ever seen a cornucopia that has the fruit just flowing out of it, in my mind, when I think of bounty, I literally see all the blessings coming out of the one point at the end of the cornucopia and just moving out into my life. And that one point is God. And it's just moving through and out through me and out into the world. 
and I just become an avenue of the bounty that God has to give. So you might play games like that with yourself. See yourself as the cornucopia and all of the blessings, all the bounty moving through you. And the more you allow yourself to just be that channel of light, that channel of abundance, that channel of loving, the more will come back to you. Again, the key is not to become stagnant in that, not to hold on to what comes in, but just let it keep on moving. One way that I learned how to do this when I was younger was I wanted to learn a lot about joy. I wanted to understand what joy was in my life and how to really manifest it in my life more than I had. And I found that I was blocking my joy. So I went in and I just said, you know, in meditation, in my prayers, I just said, please give me insight into how to have more joy in my life. This teacher on the inner levels came in and she said, what I say to you now is something that you can do now and forevermore, not just, just because I'm talking to you now. And that is, let go of all those things, all those beliefs, all those feelings, all that makeup inside of you that says you're not worthy of it. The moment she said that, I realized that what was holding me back from my own joy was I didn't think I was worthy of being joyful. So I looked at that and I meditated on that for a while and I kept moving into what this unworthiness was all about. She came back several nights later when I was meditating and she said, now that you've looked at your own unworthiness about joy, look and see your own unworthiness about life and about love and about all that because it's unworthiness that keeps us from God. It's that we're focusing away from the source and always thinking that we're unworthy to look to the source. And so I began to meditate on that. And as I meditated on looking at my unworthiness, I began to look and see the word unworthy. It's unworthy, unworthy. I began to feel how that undermining energy came out of the unworthiness. And I began to look at the vibration and the frequency of that word, and I just began to go into worthiness, 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 worthiness. And I didn't really know what that meant. I knew what unworthiness meant. I could do that real well. I, I could run that without even thinking about it. But I didn't really know what worthiness was. So I figured, rather than focusing on unworthiness and trying to figure out what that was, I would just go into worthiness and come into that. That for me was a key, is to focus on what you want to become, not what you're letting go of. So in abundance, if you want to move into abundance, don't focus on how do I let go of my lack, or how did I get into my lack, but rather just focus on abundance. Just be in abundance. Just like when I walked in and I looked at the Mercedes, I was in my abundance. I wasn't in this unworthiness thing. I was very, very wealthy when I walked in there. And there was no problem. I could afford to make a big down payment. I could afford the payments. There was no problem with any of that in my mind. And if I knew that, then I could live that. I could express it. So I found that, that technique of just focusing on what I wanted, where I was going, and moving into that. And so as I began to focus on worthiness and let go of the un, I began to move into this dynamic. 
And in, there's no way to put it in words that you're going to get. It's something that you have to find your own way of doing and get the experience of it for yourself and move into that yourself. And then you'll know what I'm talking about. Until then, it's just a lot of words. It's interesting words. It can be important words. But it isn't your experience. It's mine. But I'll share my experience with you, and it might inspire you to find your own. I began to focus on worthiness. And I, every time I would go into prayer or in meditation, I would just say, Thank you, Lord, for opening me into my greater worthiness, into bringing me into a greater understanding of who I am and my worthiness of all that you have to give me. As I did that, I would begin to experience this movement in my heart. That's the only way I can describe it. It was just a movement in my heart area, my, my heart, of gratitude and of loving. As that came forward, I didn't really know what to do with it at first. I felt it moving. You know, I didn't know where to put it. I didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't sure what it was yet. I didn't have definitions. I didn't really know this was gratitude and this was loving and whatever else this was. I didn't know what all that was. I had to find out what these things were. I knew the blocks I had put up there, my belief systems, the belief systems that life was hard, and life was difficult, and it was financially challenging. Because my parents taught me very well a lot of things about the hardship of life. It's very hard to have money in a savings account. And if you save it, the world comes and takes it from you. And if the world doesn't take it from you, the doctors are going to take it from you. I saw all that in my family. And my parents never had savings. They never had money. It was always just going out, and they lived check to check. To me, that was life, and that's how you did life. So for me to look at this thing called unworthiness and let go of the un and just look at the worthiness and find out what that really meant and how to live that was a very interesting dynamic. And one that was challenging because when this energy began to move and I could really feel it move, it was scary. Because I had this thing called my comfort zone. I had this place that I had real well defined. I knew, I knew the walls, I knew the boundaries, I could make it all work, and I was safe in that. I, I could live in my unworthiness, and I could make the world work for me in my unworthiness. But when I let go of the un, it's like all those walls dropped. The dam broke, and the energy began to move. I didn't know what to do with all this stuff out here that I had never felt, I had never experienced, and I didn't have definition for. So you might find that as you go into this, you're going to go into a process of resistance where you kind of regroup and say, well, wait, 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 wait. This is safe. You know, never mind. <laughs> I like this better. And you may not even do that consciously, but at an unconscious level, there's a good chance that you will. And so you need to be very, very aware of that process. If you go into resistance, or if you go into bringing back your boundaries to feel safe again, or if you go into a place of discomfort, and you go into a reactiveness with it. And that's a real important process there to remember. If you go into reaction with this, it does shut it down. It does bring back on you those belief systems that work against what you're doing. But if you can let go of your reaction and just keep on moving with the action, eventually 
you'll feel more comfortable in this area you're expanding into. And you'll also begin to get the definitions of what it is you're expanding into. You can actually ask it. You can say, what are you? Who are you? What is this? Well, how do I use you in my life? And it will come back and tell you in some way. Now, it may not just come back and talk at you, and it may not give you a picture, but somebody may come up to you and say, oh, have you ever understood anything about grace? Or have you ever, ever understood anything about abundance or finance? And what will happen is that that will open up for you and come forward. And you will begin to see how to move into that for yourself in a very, very real way as you hadn't before. If you find yourself going into resistance immediately, whenever you catch yourself, and you're not going to catch yourself right away, the first thing you're going to do is go into resistance, and you're going to do resistance and do resistance, but somewhere in that process, you're going to catch yourself in resistance. You're going to catch yourself putting up the wall, putting up the barrier, and stopping yourself. And the moment you do, you just say, okay, I'm in resistance. You don't judge it. You just observe it. You're just aware of it. And as you do that, you can say, now I forgive you, I let go of you, and I choose into my worthiness again. Does that make sense? The moment you do that, you begin to lay down a new pathway, a new foundation that you can walk. And it's a stronger foundation than you were walking before. And you'll never put up those boundaries as easily or as quickly or as closely to yourself as you did before. Once you've done that two or three times, where you just forgive the resistance and let it fade away. Don't judge it, just forgive it. Part of the forgiveness of it is just observe it. Just observe what's going on in your life right then. Observe your reactiveness to it. And don't judge the reaction. It's in the observance that you begin to learn about yourself. And you can observe anything in your life, not just resistance, anything. Observe your reactiveness. Observe your conditioning of what takes you into a reactiveness, into a belief system, into an old pattern. Just observe it and you'll find the keys that will make you stronger. And you'll find that that which has always been something that you have judged as your greatest weakness will become your greatest strength because that is where your greatest lesson is. And if you can go into that and just observe it and learn from it, and absorb the information that it has to give you, that greatest weakness will become that which will be the greatest strength in your foundation that you can use to your advancement and your benefit. What I wanted to share with you tonight a little bit further is a technique that I found really very helpful for me. And I've done this for years and years. It's a process, people call it visualization, people call it treasure mapping. There's a lot of different things that uh, you could call it. We'll just call it treasure mapping right now and you can name it for whatever you want. But there's a process in this treasure mapping whereby you create a visual image of what it is you want to move into, what it is you want to allow into your life. And this visual image is something that can be very, very powerful. And some of you here have done it and some of you have never experienced this possibly. But what it is, is, and I'll, I'll bring mine out in just a second that I've done, it's you go through magazines, you go through newspapers, you go through anything and everything, and you cut out pictures, and you cut out words, or anything that will stimulate you. 
into expansiveness, into believing that you are moving into this that you want in your life. Cut it out, and then eventually when you feel like you have enough collected, the words, the, the pictures, you begin to get a poster board, and you begin to paste it on the poster board, creating a visual image of those things that you want in your life. Now, you can do a treasure map just on the physical and on finances and abundance. You can do it on emotional. You can do it on relationship. You can do it on mental. You can do it on spiritual. You can do it on anything. Or you can do a combination. I usually do a combination of things rather than just on one area. We're going to do some treasure mapping. So let me get mine and then I'll, I'll share with you more about that. So if you look at it, it has a lot of different levels to it. And I'll explain it to you so that you can kind of begin to see how you might want to put yours together. Down along the bottom here is physical. So I have things that to me represent physical abundance. Things that I would like to bring into my life. So I have cars, my passport with travel pasted on it, just a picture of a very nice scene that uh, would represent travel and relaxation and peace and quiet. And of course, I can afford it. I have a platinum American Express card here. So, you know, I think of everything. And you know, I've got my name. I took my name off of a check and I pasted it right there. So that's my platinum <laughs> American Express card. And then I have over here, this is something I'm still working on, get weight off and keep it off and creativity. And to me, this begins to move into like an emotional energy, emotional nerve energies. And again, I have something over here that kind of balances it out on the other side. And this says, what is wealth? It's health, happiness, abundance, prosperity, riches, loving, caring, sharing, learning, <laughs> knowing, what we want, opportunity, enjoying, and balance. And then down here it says, we have infinite supply from the infinite source to do infinite good. And so again, I have different pictures up here. This is from Machu Picchu. Stonehenge, Egypt, this is me in Egypt, and I don't use this to try to get back to Egypt anymore. I've been there so many times, <laughs> but I look now at this more as travel and playfulness and having fun, and I'm here I'm on horseback. This is, again, moving into some of the mystery school ideas, the idea of Egypt and the mystery schools, and the language of symbology, which I use a lot in my dreams and in my meditation. I've learned a lot about the language of symbology by studying Egyptian symbols. Uh, then I begin to move on into the spirit up here. Now, I have coming up over here abundant blessing and then wealth and higher consciousness. Let's see, bring your health, your life, and your environment into alignment with the spiritual energy of the heart. I have Tinkerbell blessing wealth and higher consciousness. And then over here it says the light of the world can shine through and then I have inner healing so here I'm beginning to move into bringing about a balance and moving into the spirit more of myself and up here I have multi-dimensional which the balls all represent multi-dimensional and I talk a lot about multi-dimensional consciousness multi-dimensional planes I really experience multi-dimensional experiences a lot in meditation and then there are those who seek inspiration and those who create it. And that to me is a really powerful statement. I really like that. And I really like to think that I'm creating it in my life. And then I have over here, wake up. That's one of the most dynamic things that I've ever had in meditation. 
one day I was in meditation and I heard this teacher on the inner levels go, wake up. And I went, what? And they said, wake up. You're on another level of consciousness and you don't even know it. <laughs> and he said, open your eyes on this level and wake up. And I did and there was this whole other level that I was just sitting in but I hadn't woken up into. And so inside in meditation, oftentimes I'll say, wake up, wake up. And I actually created a tape, a 45-minute tape, that replayed and replayed. I had it on both sides. And every 10, 15 minutes, it would just be silent. And then I'd have my voice go, wake up. And it'd be silent for a long time. It'd go, wake up. <laughs> and then I'd click over to the other side, and a few minutes later, wake up. <laughs> and it would just keep doing that as long as I was meditating, just to kind of remind me to wake up both outwardly, the body wake up, as well as wake up inside. And then manifesting the Christ in consciousness and the anointed one. I have do it, soul awareness, and then the Holy Spirit, and then myself rising up in the light. Then over here, of course, I have my financial abundance. I have God coming through a thousand dollar bill and touching me at the third eye. <laughs> and then the $1,000 bill is manifesting. I'm looking at it manifesting into my physical life. And here's the little wizard also helping it to manifest magically, abundantly. See, it could be a lot of fun. You know, it's just, you know, finding the words and cutting them out. I mean, I cut up covers to books and <laughs> everything <laughs> to get this. So then I have living in grace, soul awareness, and the jewel in the crown the pursuit of excellence and service. I mean, you can use anything. You can cut out anything. Just use words that are real positive, real present, that are really right now, not I'm going to, I want to, but I am. Use pictures of yourself in it wherever you can to just make it real to yourself. You know, I had somebody who really wanted a car. That's all that they really wanted. So he got a picture of a car what he did is he went down to a car dealership and he found a poster and he cut it out and he had the car in there and he had a picture of himself sitting behind the wheel. He cut a picture of himself out and pasted it on there. I think it was like seven months later he had the car and he never could have afforded it. It was a Porsche. He ended up being able to make it happen. Jim answers a question on how often do you create a treasure map? I would normally make it you know, over and over again and again. I just haven't had time to really sit down and do it again. So I would just, you know, recommend that this is something that you might want to give a try and play with and see what happens for you with this. And if you don't, that's fine. But if you, if you do it and you like what, what you get, you might want to bring it in and just share it with people. And it also, in sharing it, it makes it even more real. It really does. Jim answers a question about being careful what you ask for. Yeah, you do have to be careful because, you know, it says in the Bible, even ask and you shall receive. And I would then say also there's another statement that says, be careful what you ask for because you might just get it. And that's what you, you will find that you will get it. Now, you can also do this just verbally. You can write out an affirmation of sorts. This is a visual affirmation. You can write out a verbal one if you're more verbal. The thing, again, is to be as clear as you can be about what you want. This is a, an example of that. A friend of mine that uh, lives in California, he's gay, and he wanted a relationship. So I said, well, write out a, a map in, on paper 
of what you want in a person. And so he did, and he called, and we went over it a few times and everything. But he never went over it in detail. We just kind of went over some of the stuff he added and things. And so he had quite a large page of statements about what kind of a person he wanted in his life, what the relationship would look like and everything. He kept reading it every night, every night, every night, every day. And a few months later, he took a trip. He was living in New York at the time. He took a trip to California. And on the way back, this man was seated next to him on the plane, and they made very good friends on the plane. But then, you know, they got off the plane. They met again at the luggage. And the guy said, hey, I'm, t I'm taking a cab in. You want to share the cost? And so they took a cab in, became very good friends. The guy finally moved in with him, but it turned out he was straight. He wasn't gay. But they became the best of friends, and they still are today. They're the very best of friends. And this man was exactly everything that he wrote down on this piece of paper. So finally he called me, and he said, what's going on? I got exactly what I wanted, but he's not gay. And I said, read the whole thing to me. And he read the whole thing to me, and nowhere was there any statement about his sexuality. <laughs> I said, does this say anything about him liking men or that he's gay or anything? He said, oh, my God, no. <laughs> so, you know, you do have to be very specific if you're going to do it that way because you will get what you ask for. <laughs> this is just, to me, it's just very pleasing to look at it. It just, it draws me in and it, it makes something very real to me. And so now what I'll probably do is start creating a new one. I'm going to go out. As a matter of fact, I went over and looked at a house today and I got brochures on it with the blueprints and all. And so I'm going to start a new one with this car and with a few other things. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut this out and I'm going to try to paste a picture of me right here looking kind of out or looking back this way if I can find something like that or create something like that so that it looks like me driving this car. <laughs> Maybe I can do this one with me looking up. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> so, you know, just be playful. And again, go out and collect brochures from car dealerships. Go look at houses and, and get the pictures. Or go photograph houses that you think are beautiful that you would like to live in. Or create whatever it is you want. Then see what happens with it. But this is looking at if you're feeling blocked in or if you're feeling as though you want to expand and don't know how, that these are ways about going about doing that. These aren't things you have to do. It's just techniques that might help someone to move into a different place if that's what they want to do. Jim answers a question regarding someone's concern about creating more to do. You may be very content and very happy just as it is, but then just move into an attitude of gratitude and just say, thank you, Lord, for all that you have given me and all that keeps coming forward in my life. And then just see how that unfolds for you. You know, and that's, that's something that's very profound because for me, like, I love the seasons. I love the colors. I love all that happens. Like spring right now, I just drive down the street and I just thank every tree I see. I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the flowers and everything that's out right now. It's interesting. I really do find that the divas in the diva kingdom, if you present your gratitude to them, they even give back more. There's like a whole new vibrancy that comes at you. And sometimes I've even experienced just a few times but I've experienced where actually like the energy of the trees or the bushes along the roadside actually bow to you in gratitude or uh, whatever that might be. 
I don't know how to explain it other than that, but I can really sense and feel that energy of them responding back. So I would just say that attitude of gratitude and, and just putting it out there begins to allow more into your life. What I found and what I, I still find today, we were talking about joy earlier, the way I got into joy as I moved into this energy of worthiness and I was looking for joy in the beginning, the way I got into joy was I realized that I needed a reference point. I needed something that I could say, okay, where have I known joy before? So that I know what to look at and how to bring it back up in myself. So the first time I could remember having really a sense of joy just in my life fully was when I was nine years old and my mom and dad said I could have a puppy. And up until then, there was no puppy to be had <laughs> because they didn't think I would take care of it. And there was a lot of other things that had happened. I'd had a dog when I was very, very young and the dog did not like my mother, did not like my father, only liked me and would bite everybody but me. <laughs> And when it finally bit my mother in the ankle when she was out hanging laundry one day, that was it. Goodbye, doggy. <laughs> I had to wait till I was nine years old, and I said, well, okay, we'll, we'll give it another try. So these people were down the street. They were going to have a puppy. No, they weren't, but their dog was going to have puppies. They said I could have the pick of the litter. So after the mother had birth, the puppies, I went down, and I there was five of them, and I picked up one, and I looked at it, and I thought no and I picked up the next one and the third one I went and picked it up I looked at it and this joy just happened between us it was just this yes this is it all I have to do is think of that little puppy's face and I go right back into that joy so now I have a reference point if I'm not in my joy I just think of that little puppy's face and I go back into my childhood I go back into that joyfulness that I had and I can just bring joy right back up anywhere anytime so that's a key that I really found is finding these reference points for things, for joy, for worthiness, for acceptance. So if you can go back and find a place in your life where you've had it before and bring that back up in your consciousness and anchor that reference point so you always know how to bring it back, you've got an immediate way of accessing that energy, an immediate way. And then another thing I found out with joy in my life was that, and this is something I learned, and I've often talked about giving it up to God, just give it back to God, give it to God. I just, anytime joy comes to my life, I just give it to God. It's God's. My money is God's. My joy is God. Everything is God's now in my mind. And what I find is that as I give it to God, it comes back from God in a more abundant way. So now I have all this joy just following me around wherever I go waiting to be manifested in me. I go, no, that's God's. No, that's God's. And God sends it back down in more abundance. I go, no, that's God's. And there's just, then I've got this abundant joy just everywhere I go, and I can always be joyful. I can always find a way to just look into that, and there's the joy. And I go, no, that's God's. And then it's, it's a fun process. Another friend of mine, when we, we did a class on this years ago in San Antonio, he put a picture of the Eiffel Tower on it. He just knew he was never going to go, but he thought, well, why not? Why not? He always wanted to go to Paris. He said, why not? So he put a picture of the Eiffel Tower on there. And I don't know how many months later, where he was working, they were bought out by another company. It was an international company. He ended up taking over, putting on programs for this company in the States. They were going to have an international program, and they liked all that he'd been doing in the States, putting on these shows and 
different things that they were involved in. I don't know exactly what it was, conferences. The lady that does all the international conferences in Europe got sick. So they called him in to go over to Paris. And he lived in Paris for three months, all expenses paid. He would call me up every weekend and go, I still don't believe this. <laughs> he says, I just wanted to go there for two weeks. I'm here for three months. <laughs> he had an apartment. He had a car. He had everything. I mean, he was living there for three months. So he came back and he made one for England. <laughs> and sure enough, he, got, he went over to England and he lived in England for a year with his company. And they paid him a huge bonus to do it because they considered it a hardship to have to leave his, his residence in, in San Antonio for a year. So he thought, wow, this is great. <laughs> so he still does this every year. He, he makes a new one. And it's quite interesting how he keeps manifesting things for himself. He went from a job back in 1960, oh no, 1971, I think about 72, uh, making $18,000 a year. And now he's worth probably about three and a half million dollars. It's just creating things like this and, and opening his mind to it. I know another man here in town who went from being an assistant manager for my store, uh, not mine, but a store I was manager of, here a health food store here in town. He was an assistant manager, and I wasn't making much money, so you know he wasn't. <laughs> He's now worth 10 million bucks. So it can happen. It's just a matter of practicing these things and letting God's abundance come into your life. And the key in that is don't, don't, don't define how it's got to be. I have to make it. I have to marry it. It has to come in this way. It has to look this way. But just say, God, in whatever way you want it to come, let it come. Jim answers a question about, am I limiting myself by asking for a certain amount of money? Well, so you say, I would like to expand into this amount of money and even greater if that's the will of the Lord. Or if you have more to bring to me, I'm open to have it come into my life too. Don't stop at this number, you know, when it could be this number. In 1979, I was working in a little frame shop in San Antonio, and I was just overcoming Hodgkin's disease. I was going through chemotherapy and radiation treatments and everything. And I created one of these for health and for abundance and for travel and for relaxation. I did it in May 79 on my birthday, May 2nd. In November of 1980, I took a trip to England, France, and South Africa all expenses paid first class for six weeks. That's when I started traveling at that point. That's when all my travels really started. So I, I know that this does happen. It does work. I went to a series of classes up in New York City, not New York City, in Phoenicia, New York. Uh, it was three weeks, these classes. During the time, somebody there said, well, we're going to be taking a five-week trip. We're going to Italy, Egypt, Israel, and Greece. Do you want to go? And I said, well, how much is it? And they said, they told me the amount. And I said, oh, I don't think I could go. I, I can't afford that. I immediately realized, uh-oh, there I just said it. I, I just put up a barrier. I said, well, I'll tell you what. Let me look at it. Let me get back to you. I'll see if I can make it work. At the end of the third week, or just toward the end of the third week, I called a friend of mine to make sure that they were going to know I was heading back home. And I told them that you know I had this offer for the trip. And they said, well, I'll tell you what, if it's if it's under $10,000, I'll pay for it, and you can go. 
And I went, what? And so I said, all right. And I thought, Italy, Egypt, Israel, Greece. I mean, that's got to be way over $10,000. I thought, I'm not going to be able to, you know, that's not going to happen. So I went and I, I called them up and I said, okay, well, what, it, what would it cost if I did go? And so they figured it all up and it was $9,994. I went, what? And they said, that's it. You know, and I, I just couldn't believe it. So I called him up and I said, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> he said, well, if it's under $10,000, I'll pay for it. I said, well, it's $9,994. He said, well, that leaves you $6 from food. <laughs> so I went. I went on this wonderful five-week trip. It was just terrific. So it does happen. That's where I learned not to define it and say, well, it's got to be this way, or I've got to do it, or I've got to make it, or can I afford it? It's let God bring it to you however it's going to bring it to you. Because I would have never known that this man would have paid my trip. I mean, I would have never expected it. Jim answers a question about being specific. You can be as specific as you want to be, but then you expand it and say, and whatever you might want to bring into me, Lord, or however you want to bring this about. Or if you have something greater than this, so let it be. You know, you can be as very specific as you want. Just like uh, this man that I knew on the relationship, he was very specific down to his height, that he was a dancer, all this stuff. And he was. He was head dancer for the ballet, for the Joffrey Ballet in New York. Yeah. I mean, all this stuff, he, it was exactly what he asked for. But he just forgot to put in there and let him be gay. <laughs> Jim comments on keeping the focus of the treasure map expansive. Whatever for the highest good or, yeah, so, you know, just to put a little expansion in there. Don't, don't make it so tight, so rigid that there's no room for movement. Jim comments on using the word freedom in the treasure map. Freedom is a wonderful word to put on these things, you know. I don't think I have freedom up here, do I? <laughs> I ought to get one up there. Jim answers a question about being unrealistic with the treasure map. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. No, I would not put any limit on it. But I also, I don't date it. I don't say, I need it or I want it right now. I just say, I give thanks for it manifesting right now. And then see how it, what in the now manifests and, and how do I open to receive more. Also, you want to make it where it's very realistic in your consciousness. You want it to be if you say $100,000 and $100,000 is not realistic, or you put a limitation and say, well, I want it by midnight, there may be a real strong part of you, unconscious or conscious, that says, well, I know that's not going to happen. That part of you doesn't go into agreement with it, and so it may really happen, but you don't allow it. There's still that part of you in resistance that keeps it from happening, that keeps the flow of manifestation. You know, God probably has it out there and gave it to you yesterday, but you just haven't walked into it. <laughs> Jim comments on believing in your treasure map. You want to move into uh, the consciousness of believing that this is real, that this is true. You know, just like when we walked in and, and we looked at the car. In that moment, I really believed it. You see, you have to be in that mode. You have to be in that consciousness that this is really happening, that this is really true, that I know I'm doing this. Not, I think I'm going to do it, or I'm faking this. 
If there is in your mind that moment that I'm faking this, then there's another part of you that's going to undermine the whole thing. Because you remember you kept saying, are you really going to buy this? I never answered you, did I? I never gave you an answer because in my mind I was going, yes, I'm buying this. No room for doubt. There's a lot of refrigerators floating out there because people pray, 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 pray. And then they stop praying and just before the refrigerator manifests, they stop praying. So now it's just floating out there in the astral waiting to manifest for somebody somewhere someday. Jim answers a question regarding having disappointments from past experiences. What you want to do then is you want to go back in there and face that fear, face that disappointment, whatever that energy is, face it, look at it, identify it, name it, and then just say, at this time, I accept you, and I forgive you, and I release you. You know, acknowledge it for what it is, and then just say, and I'm going to now move on past you, or beyond you, or let you go, and move into that which I want. If you're disappointed, make it an appointment. Make appointment. That I'm making an appointment to be in my abundance. Whatever you can do to play with that, and let go of that which is the disillusion, that energy of lack of disbelief, whatever that is. Jim comments on using visualizations as an important key. So visualize whatever it is. Visualize them calling and saying, okay, it's here, or okay, you've got it, or okay, whatever that is. Or visualize the money, or visualize the opportunity, or whatever it is you're disappointed about. Visualize it really happening. You know, visualization is a real key. Some people don't visualize, they feel it, so then feel it. Or if you don't feel or visualize, then think it. You know, create words, like uh, this friend of mine did, all these words. See, but if you just sit here and go, well, I'm really hurt, and I'm, I'm about to cry, and, and I'm all this, that's fine. And what next? You know, sit there for 15 minutes and do that, but then do something else. Do something. Keep moving the energy. Don't just sit in it. Because eventually, you will believe that this is now what it's going to be like, or this is where we're now at, or this is what we've created for ourselves, so now we've got to live in this. So now you say, okay, in my creativity, how do I make this thing work? Or how do I get this to manifest for me the way I want it to manifest? Or how do I move the energy differently so that I can bring to me that which I want? Or how do I relax into God's loving and just let Him make it happen? If you do it, it'll happen. It really will. Another thing that really shifted for me a belief system was when I had to pay my income tax, I used to really not like having to pay my income tax. And funny, I realized there was a resistance. I was struggling with that. And that was a barrier. So I moved it into joy. And I really like writing my income tax check out now. And it was amazing because the moment I did that, I started getting raises, I started getting bonuses, I got put on a commission, I got more money coming in. It was almost like, hey, I don't mind paying more taxes if I make more money, you know, and I was paying more taxes. And that was fine for me. Now there's still a real joy whenever I write my check out to IRS. There's a sense of real gratitude to do that. And I'm grateful to live in the country I live in and all that I have. This is a very abundant life that we have here compared to other places. Jim gives another key on writing a check to the IRS. Well, even if you don't find joy in it the first time or two, bless it. Bless it and say, 
God bless this money. God bless those that touch it. God bless the country that it goes to serve. God bless whatever department it goes into. And God bless it if it goes into weapons that the weapons are never used. You know, I do all that. I do all that in my mind. I just, I look at all of it and just try to put those blessings out. It really is be in the attitude of gratitude and be in the attitude of serving, of just letting those blessings move in you and through you, in you and through you, all the time. I don't know how, to, how else to put it than that. At the grocery store, driving down the street, every place. You know, you can put columns of light. At intersections often I will just say, from the heart of God through my heart to the heart of the earth, let a column of light be placed here. And let all those people that go through this intersection just be filled with your light as they go through here. Then you go on, and you do the next intersection and the next. And the more you do that, the more there's more blessings in your life, and there's more the blessings moving through you all the time. And you really know it. You really feel it. Because all of a sudden you don't have time to think about the pessimistic things and the problem things and the unjoyful things and because you're just living in the blessings. And it's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot nicer. It's a lot easier to live in that than it is in all that other. It's a lot happier.